0: D F S. It is Friday, October 28th, here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week Eight DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Yaffe. With me, as always, is Jared Smol. Jared, welcome to
1: Sam Ellinger Week, huh? Yeah, we're doing it. Ellinger and Cash, um, and it's obviously less about what what he's gonna do for us versus you know what he allows us to get at the other positions and there are a lot of high priced guys I think we want to get in our cash lineups this week so $4,000 Sam Ellinger and I think what what makes me feel better about him is I do think he's going to give us some rushing production um, you know he ran in college he's ran in the preseason Um and then you know passing wise We'll see. I mean, he, you know, he, as we said yesterday, he did have a good preseason. The Colts obviously have some optimism about him. I think it's more likely than not he ends up as like a below average NFL passer, but he has decent weapons and he has a good matchup against Washington. You know, thirty first and adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks, so I think he can do enough passing to you know pay off this minimum priced uh, you know, salary and DraftKings.
0: Yeah, like you said, it, this this is not a matter of betting that he's going to be good this week. It's. Uh... He's only 4000 bucks, and he's a starting quarterback. This might be the lowest dollars per point we've ever seen since we started supporting this. That's not something that I track, so I have no idea if that's true. But there have not been a whole lot of 4K quarterbacks along the way. Kevin Hogan always jumps to mind as an example and one that did not work out. But that was an emergency situation for the Browns as opposed to the Colts saying, Uh, we're going to sit down Matt Ryan this week and give Sam Ellinger a shot. So that I think at least means that they don't think it's a step down from what Matt Ryan is. And there's a chance it's an upgrade. You mentioned the rushing Ellinger is also thrown well in, you know, the very limited exposure we've seen at this, you know, near NFL level, because all we have is preseason to go on 24 of 29 passing in this preseason. He had 9.97 yards per attempt, 13.8% touchdown rate. So again, I'm not taking that and like, watch out, Sam Ellinger's, you know, ready to take the NFL by storm but it at least means he's shown the team some stuff. Maybe he even supports Michael Pittman in this game. And that's the other thing is he does have Michael Pittman on his side. He does have Jonathan Mm -hmm. Taylor. There might even be some Naheem Hines cameos, although not nearly as much as we'd like. And the matchup is Washington, fourth most friendly to quarterback scoring. Plus there's the experienced offensive coach, Frank Reich, who himself was an NFL quarterback for a long time. So, you know, it's a good situation for this quarterback who is 4K. A pretty easy play for our cash lineups here.
1: Yeah, the other part about it is, to me, there's no one else I'm really interested in playing in cash. Like Jalen Hurts is at his highest price tag of the season, 8,300 bucks. He's obviously a fine play. I do worry that could be another game where they're, you know, up by three scores in the second half and they're not having to use Hurts a whole lot. And then it's like, do you want to pay an extra, you know, 1,500 above Ellinger for Daniel Jones, or you know, you have uh, Geno Smith, Daniel or uh, Jared Goff up there? Like, there's just no one else I'm super excited to play in cash this week.
0: Yeah, uh, you look in the lineup generator, and even if you're like, "Ooh, Sam Ellinger, I can't do that with my money. You look behind him in values, and it's Jared Goff, it's Daniel Jones next. So, like, are you looking at those guys and like, oh, thank goodness, there's something much safer behind Sam Ellinger (laughs) now. So, GPP side, Jared, who do you like at QB?
1: Yeah, The first guy that kind of caught my attention as I was, you know, getting ready for the week, you know, back on Monday or Tuesday, was Tua Tagovailoa. Um, it looks like he's going to be popular, though, 6200 bucks coming in at 15% projected ownership. So, you know, we'll see. You can still make Tua uh, tournament lineups and just make sure you get different elsewhere. I do think playing Mike Gusecki with Tua is a way to sort of differentiate those lineups. I do kind of like going to Jared Goff on the other side of that game, though. You just mentioned, you know, he's the second best value for us on the slate at just $5,500. bucks. we have seen him have some big games this season. Um, he has games of 26 and 37. DraftKings points. And it looks like for the first time since week one, he's going to have a healthy DeAndre Swift and Amon Ra St. Brown. So I think, you know, playing the other side of Tua, you can still play one of Tua's wide receivers to, you know, get some of that upside. But then playing golf with Amon Ra St. Brown and maybe DeAndre Swift or TJ Hawkinson is, is a good way to attack tournaments this week. I
0: agree. I think Jared Goff is my favorite guy at 5,500. You're still getting the salary savings that we're talking about with the 4k guy. So you can still get that upside at other positions, but the matchup is also good here for Jared Goff. Dolphins are 25th in pass defense DVOA. According to football outsiders, they're a neutral QB scoring matchup by our adjusted fantasy points allowed, but tied for sixth, most points per game allowed to the position, despite having already faced Kenny Pickett, Zach Wilson, and Mac Jones. Uh, Miami opponents are passing at the third highest rate over expected for the year. According to our article on draft sharks.com now a weekly article from Timmy Hernandez. So make sure you check that out. You can also follow him on Twitter at TimboSlice003. You mentioned the guys that go with it. TJ Hawkinson at 4,900. You can stack with Jared Goff. If you do play Goff, I would probably play two of his pass catchers. We've got Mm -hmm. Hawkinson at single-digit ownership projection. We've got Amon Ross St. Brown who's down a little bit in salary from last week. He's projected in double digits, but currently tied for just 11th among wide receivers in ownership projection. So I think you gain a little bit there as well. And you can absorb those two teams by playing either Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddell. Can play Mike Gusecki if you want. You can play two of those guys and just like stack up this matchup. You can also play Raheem Mostert on the other side of this. So there's lots of options to play with to build out different rosters as well. So yeah, I really like, the idea of playing Jared Goff right now, obviously it's Jared Goff. So really, he might stink on Sunday and let us down, but, you know, that's the game here.
1: Yeah, we don't care about floor in tournaments. We care about the upside. And again, he has shown some upside this season. And I'm with you. I do think Goff is a guy you want to double stack. Um, it's still a pretty concentrated offense if we have a healthy Swift and healthy St. Brown. Um, and, you know, he's – Goff, obviously, he's not going to give us anything with his legs. So he has a big game he's probably going to bring two of his pass catchers along with him. Um, I also like Kirk Cousins for tournaments, 6,100 bucks. He's coming in at just 7% projected ownership. Um, Now, Cousins hasn't really had a tournament-winning game yet this season, which is a bit concerning for me in this new offense. The biggest issue for him, though, has been the touchdown rate. It's at 3.9%. He's been 5.8% touchdown rate across his first four seasons in Minnesota. So I do think there's some positive regression coming for him there. And I like this matchup against Arizona. This is another team we talked about, Miami, being a team that Offenses tend to go past leaning again. Same thing for Arizona. They're second in pass rate over expected against uh, Minnesota, by the way, already sixth in pass rate over expected four. So there already been a past leaning offense this season. And then Arizona 27th in pass defense, DVOA, 25th in adjusted fantasy points to quarterback. So it sets up as, you know, one of cousins best matchups of the season so far.
0: Yeah. I like cousins. I'll be talking about him on the fan duel portion of this show. One other thing that we haven't mentioned yet about these quarterbacks that I think makes it easier to play Kirk Cousins or Jared Goff is that this is not a great week at quarterback. I mean, that might accentuate the importance of Jalen hurts. And I'll talk about that on the fan duel side as well, but behind Jalen hurts, it's like nobody else here looks like a must have quarterback. So that's why you can back away from Tua at high ownership and play somebody else that has a similarly, similarly wide range of outcomes.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You're just kind of hoping Hurts doesn't go for like 35 and otherwise, you know, there's probably not going to be like a massive, massive quarterback game this week. I think Raheem Mostert might be my favorite run back
0: in a Jared Goff lineup because of the matchup, because of his ceiling in that matchup against the Lions and because of his $5,900 salary, combine that with the $5,500 quarterback, you get to fit a lot more. And I'm going to use that to transition into running back because I'm I'm comfy with Raheem Mostert at 5,900 in cash lineups as well. I think basically he's going to need to get hurt to not deliver for us against the Lions, who are 29th and run defense DVOA. Now, I'm going to go ahead and knock on wood here in my uh, pod studio that I didn't just jinx Raheem Mostert and <laughs> hurt his knee for him. But, I mean, you know, we can't plan for somebody to get injured anyway.
1: Yeah, I like Mostert. I think he makes sense in on golf teams. I think if you're playing golf, you want Miami to jump out to a lead which would be good for Mostert, and that would force Goff to have to throw the ball, you know, more than the Lions would probably want him to. So I think that definitely makes sense. Mostert won't make my cash lineup, but, he, you know, he's just not quite in my top three this week. I'm playing Tony Pollard if Zeke Elliott is out. I mean, you know, Pollard, he's not priced as a backup, but he's 6,100 bucks. Like, if they redid the pricing now, he'd be at least 7,000, if not, you know, 7,500. Awesome spot for Pollard, the Cowboys' big home favorites against the Bears, who are 24th in football outsiders, run defense, DVOA, and 25th in adjusted points allowed to running back. So, yeah, Pollard's a lock for cash for me. I'm also not going to not play Derrick Henry in cash. Like, this spot is too good. Um, 8,400 bucks, I think it's probably a bit cheaper than he should be in this matchup. And as we've said, he is averaging four targets per game over his last four games. So, you know, he's not even you know, a one-dimensional back at this point, which always helps on DraftKings with the full PPR. Yeah, it's pretty loaded at running back this week. Like I said, I feel good
0: about Raheem Mostert, but I can understand him not making it, because in addition to those two guys that you mentioned, Kenneth Walker also looks like a pretty safe bet for touches and a high-ceiling guy at 6,500 bucks. We haven't even talked about Josh Jacobs and Alvin Kamara, who top our DK dollars per point rankings. I mean, like, who among those guys can you say does not have the ultimate ceiling to be that running back that you need to have Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Alvin Kamara, Kenneth Walker, Tony Pollard this week. Like, I don't think you can say any one of those guys stands out as definitely the one you have to have, but they all have the potential to score like the one you have to have. So I think that just like leaves plenty of room to pair things up. However you want to, I do think that that makes it a little bit easier to fade Tony Pollard for tournament lineups once we get over there, because I don't think that, you know, he, he beats all of these guys we just talked about besides Mostert in salary, but I don't think yep. that he beats all of those guys in either floor or ceiling.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think you could definitely make a case for fading Pollard this week because there are so many other strong running back plays. I, I You mentioned Josh Jacobs and Alvin Kamara. I think one of those two guys will be, will be my third running back in the cash games. Um, I think they're also in play for tournaments. Kenneth Walker, you mentioned, you know, he's another guy. Probably won't quite make my – Cash lineup, and I think he's a great tournament play. Then I think, you know, the last guy to consider in tournaments, Saquon Barkley, I think is just going to go overlooked on this slate. But, you know, he's reasonably priced at $8,100. He gets a Seattle defense that's 29th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. So, you know, Barkley is another guy who has the potential to lead all running backs in in DK points this week. I'm going to
0: jump into the lineup generator right now so I can see what the ownership projection is. On uh, Saquon Barkley for the main slate, just to compare him to the guys that I have down to mention in the tournament section. So, Saquon Barkley projected right now at 16%. That's what I thought. He came in kind of high. So, the last two guys that I want to mention for tournament um, possibilities are Jonathan Taylor at 8,000 in DK salary, projected for 8% ownership right now, tied for 12th at the position in that category, and Christian McCaffrey, 8,700 bucks on DraftKings. projected ownership right now. Both of these guys are facing negative rushing matchups. The Rams and the commanders are second and fourth in run defense DVOA respectively right now. But we're talking about two of the best running backs in the league, so we don't care about that matchup, especially here where we want ultimate ceiling. And Jonathan Taylor is off the injury report this week, so it doesn't seem like the ankle is going to limit his playing time the way it might have last week. Christian McCaffrey faces a tough defense. He also faces a defense that already allowed him 158 total yards earlier this season when he was playing in a worse offense under a worse coaching staff. So I, both of those guys are definitely worth mixing into your plans. I know we've got a whole lot of running backs, but if you can get Jonathan Taylor or Christian McCaffrey at you know a very low level of ownership in a tournament, then they're definitely not guys to ignore.
1: Yeah, totally agree. If I, you know, played like the Millie maker or tournaments like that, I'd be mixing in Taylor and uh, McCaffrey at those ownerships, just the tournaments I play, I'm more willing to, you know, go with these chalkier, better value running backs. But um, I think there's definitely you know, a case to be made. Both those guys should see Taylor, especially. I think it's, you know, as much as I can say, I'm excited to play Sam Ellinger, but I'm going to play him. Like, I think it's going to be a Taylor centric game plan. I would not be surprised if he gets like 30 touches on Sunday against Washington. Uh, Wide receiver
0: for cash, just like running back, it seems to me like there are a lot of options here, Jared. You look at the top of our board, you get Justin Jefferson, you get DeAndre Hopkins. I think it's easier to get to Justin Jefferson than usual in cash, even at 9,100 because of that cheap QB, because we have Tony Mm -hmm. Pollard. You know, if you play Raheem Mostert, even more so. What do you like for cash at wide receiver? Yeah, I mean, the way I'm
1: building, I'm playing those more expensive running backs, so I don't think I'll be able to get up to Jefferson. I'm starting – my first two guys in are going to be Chris Olave and DJ Moore. Um, you know, 6000 bucks for Chris Olave. He's averaging 11.8 targets over his last four full games. He's averaging 19 draft points per game in those four games, and he gets Vegas, who's 30th in adjusted points allowed to wide receivers. Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry, by the way, look like they're going to miss this game again. So, you know, Olave, I think, is, again, a good bet for double-digit targets. And then D.J. Moore, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm overreacting to last week, but he got he got, he got got the targets, which I think you're going to continue to come because there's no one else for P.J. Walker to throw to. Moore is still just 5300 bucks, and he's up only 400 bucks from last week. And then he gets Atlanta, who's already dead last in adjusted points allowed to wide receivers, and then they're going to be missing their top two corners in this game, A.J. Terrell and Casey Hayward. So I, I just think it's a good spot for D.J. Moore. I feel pretty comfortable with him at that price tag. Yeah, I agree. Chris Olave, DJ Moore, pretty easy to play for
0: cash this week. I would lean away from DJ Moore in a tournament lineup, both because I'm not sure that the ceiling is there and he's headed for high ownership. It looks like based on early projections. Yep. Um, but as you mentioned, Falcons are a terrific matchup. Washington's also a terrific matchup, as we mentioned, for quarterbacks. So I think Michael Pittman at 7200 is in play for that Sam Ellinger lineup. Certainly not a must the way that we might like to lean. Toward a top wide receiver for our quarterback, because again, the reason we're playing Ellinger is not because we expect passing success, but because he's cheap. I think you could certainly stick with just Alave, DJ Moore, Amon Ross, St. Brown at 6,900. Um, so you know, again, that's just that's a pool of wideouts, and there are other guys that are in play that we didn't even get to here, but there's plenty to choose from. You can help, you can let the lineup generator help you sort through those. Jared, I want to highlight a player four tournaments at wide out that's very similar to the running backs that i talked about uh, cooper cup is projected for single digit ownership at 9600 bucks he's playing a, a team that's good on defense he's also playing a team that he already hit for 14 catches and 122 yards this year if we look last year he caught 11 passes twice out of three meetings with them the other time, Cooper Cup had a very disappointing day, only seven catches for 118 and a touchdown on seven targets in that week 18 meeting. So we're looking at four straight meetings of 118 plus yards against this opponent. And yet he's headed for single digit ownership. I think that even if he gets out of the single digits, he's not going to be high because of all of the options that we talked about and because the game itself is not exciting. It's seventh on the main slate in projected point total. So, you know, just like with Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey targeting them. Because of the lower than usual ownership, that's exactly
1: the reason that I would go after Cup here this week. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he'll reach double digits. I think people would rather play Justin Jefferson up there, and I think people would rather pay up for for Derrick Henry at running back than than going to Cooper Cup. So I like that idea for tournaments. Um, I like Brandon Cooks for tournaments. You know, he, he's had a disappointing season so far, but he's down to fifty nine hundred bucks. Um, Nico Collins is not going to play in this game. Nico Collins has seen 14% of Houston's targets over the last four games. Now, I think cooks is going to pick up at least some of that. Um, and he gets Tennessee 29th in adjusted points allowed to wide receivers. So I especially like cooks as a run back um, your Derek Henry teams. I think that little mini stack could work out well in tournaments. I definitely hope that it does for the sake of all of my season long, <laughs> not all of my
0: season long teams, but for the sake of my season long portfolio on whole, Tight ends for cash. Jared, is it really Noah Fant week? Because that's what the lineup generator is telling me.
1: No, um, I have him as a tournament play. I think he's an interesting tournament play. Um, But again, one of the reasons, you know, we like playing a quarterback priced like Sam Ellinger is, is we don't have to go that low at tight end. We can get Tyler Higby or Pat Fryermuth into cash lineups pretty easily this week. Um, Higby's forty-two hundred bucks, Fryermuth thirty-nine hundred bucks. They're both really nice target bets for those price tags. I feel a bit safer with Higby just because we've seen the target volume more this season. You know, Fryermith has missed a few games. Um, Higby obviously coming off the down week. What was it, six game uh, before the buy? But he was dealing with that ankle injury that game he's off the injury report this week so i think he's going to be back to his you know 18 to 22 percent target share he caught 10 of 14 targets in the first game against san francisco and then if you if you need to save the 300 bucks to get down to friday he has a 22 and percent target share in his five healthy games this season and the eagles are not quite as strong against tight ends as they are against wide receivers so again i think friday is a you know good bet for you know six seven eight targets on sunday
0: Yeah, it's the only position that the Eagles are a positive fantasy scoring matchup so far. It's not a strongly positive, but it's the only one where they're in positive territory. And like you said there at the end, I expect there to be plenty of passing volume because I think Pittsburgh is going to be trailing perhaps desperately um, for much of this game. Irv Smith, I think at $3,500 is also in play here on the salary side. And I agree with you. Noah Fant pops at the top of the DK dollars per point because of that $2,800 salary, but he is nowhere near a safe enough bet for targets. To really be strongly in our plans for cash lineups, I don't think. I agree that he and Will Disley are fine on the other side. I would lean Noah Fant over Will Disley for a higher target ceiling, I think, but I can't argue that either one, that he's a, a that much better play over him. I do think that TJ Hawkinson is also in play for both formats, especially if the salary does not matter. 4,900, so he's a little bit expensive, but he's in a good spot, which we'll get into more. On the fan duel side of things I like the matchup for gpp though i also in addition to the seattle guys that we talked about irv smith who we talked about is facing a cardinals defense that's second most friendly to tight end scoring mike iseki is a name that i'm saying a lot more this week than it feels mm-hmm. comfortable but 3800 bucks facing the lions they're fourth most friendly to tight end scoring by our adjusted fantasy points allowed He's got playing time, routes, and targets up over the past two weeks. So there's just plenty to point to as positive for Gasecki right now and that's
1: that strong salary in the matchup. Yeah, Gasecki's eighth among tight ends in PPR points over the last three weeks, seventh in expected PPR points. So he's been getting nice usage, like you said. The matchup's good here. We like the game environment here. I think I think Gasecki is the way you differentiate your two lineups if two is going to be chalky. So, and I'm with you, Alec Hockinson the other side of that game, you mentioned Irv Smith for cash. I, I won't get to him in cash. I just don't feel good enough about the volume. But I do like him for tournaments. He's a guy you could, you know, you could double stack Kirk Cousins with Justin Jefferson and Irv Smith. And then I really do like Noah, Noah Fant for tournaments. At the price tag, I mean, I still think he's a talented pass catching tight end. And Seattle's gonna need someone to step up with DK Metcalf out. I think Fant is just as good a bet to be that guy as Marquis Goodwin is. I think, you know, there's been some Marquis Goodwin buzz. I haven't heard a whole lot of Noah Fant buzz, but I'd rather go Fant's direction. I just think, you know, he's he's a better player overall. Yeah, I mean, the reason that it's not getting buzz
0: is because they're crowded at tight end. But certainly, um, being without DK Metcalf opens things up for everybody else. And hey, we already heard how this is going to be a tight end friendly offense. We just didn't realize it was going to be more friendly to Will Disley than to Noah Fant. Defense, Jared, Washington sits up top, 2,600 bucks. Yeah. They're facing a first-time starter at quarterback. We like the salary on Sam, Sam Ellinger, but it's not hard to make the case for playing a defense against a dude who has
1: never played an NFL game before. Yes, and I'm, I'm willing to play a defense against my quarterback, especially in cash games, especially when they're both super cheap. I mean, Ellinger, minimum priced. Washington, 2,600 bucks. Like you said, quarterback making his first start and behind a bad offensive line. The Colts are 27th in PFF pass blocking grades 23rd in football outsiders adjusted sack rate so good spot for the commanders i'll be playing them in cash not a whole lot of d's that stick out to me this week Um, for tournaments i do like getting up to the 49ers i think they're actually underpriced at 3100 bucks the rams have allowed the most DraftKings points per game to defenses this season that includes 21 points to the 49ers back in week four the niners had Seven sacks and two takeaways in that game, gave up just nine points, um, I think. Yeah. And, and they, they've given Stafford in this offense trouble for a few years now. It, it wasn't just that uh, meeting earlier this season.
0: I think the defense on the other side, too, the Rams at 2700 against Jimmy Garoppolo was well within play, especially if Debo Samuel is not playing. He's dealing with that hamstring injury, has mm-hmm. not practiced yet. At least we don't have the Friday report yet. Um, but if he's out, I think it's even easier to play. I think if we're looking for ultimate upside in a tourney lineup, the Eagles at 3,900 against Kenny Pickett make a lot of sense. And the Patriots at 3K against Zach Wilson and a Jets team that doesn't have Brees Hall anymore. I think if Brees Hall was there, I might be a little bit scared about the points that the Jets could score in this game. Yep. At this point, I'm really not. And I think that there's lots of upside to Zach Wilson.
1: Yeah, and it'll make sense. If I'm going all the way up, I'd rather play Dallas for 4,000 than Philly. I just think Dallas's pass rush against that Bears line is, is going to be trouble.
0: I just think there's a better chance that Justin Fields is okay than that Kenny Pickett's okay in
1: their respective games this week. Yeah, I guess the argument for Philly would be you're probably going to get more pass attempts from Pickett than you're going to get from um, Fields, so more you know interception and sack upside there. But you know, Fields has like a fifteen percent sack rate already this season, and you got that Dallas pass pass rush that's, that's going to give him give him problems. Oh, yeah. Certainly not opposed to the play. That's going to do it for this Week 8
0: DraftKings podcast. You you can head over to DraftSharks.com now, play around with the lineup generator, and build your own lineups for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo. You can also find Jared's articles highlighting top picks for cash and GPP entries on DraftKings. If you're watching us on stream, stick around, take a five-second break. We'll be back to talk about FanDuel play for the week. For Jared Smol and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.